Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. It was advertised that the devil was going to put his tools on sale, sort of a yard sale type of a a deal. And on the date of the sale, uh, all of the items were placed for inspection of the people, each being marked with their particular sale price. And there was a, 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 a treacherous lot of these devices that the enemy uses, hatred, envy, jealousy, doubt, lying, pride, and so on. But separate from all of those schemes of the enemy that he was selling, there was a pile. It was a harmless-looking tool, but it was well-worn. It had been used a lot, and it was priced very high. Someone says, what's the name of that tool? And the devil answers, that's discouragement. And why is it priced so high? And the devil responds, because it's more useful to me than others. I can pry open and get inside a person's heart with that one when I can't get near him with the other tools. Then once I get inside, I can make him do what I choose. It's a badly worn tool. that. I was off to such a good start, too. <laughs> Badly worn uh, tool because I use it on almost everyone since few people know that discouragement belongs to me. The devil's price for discouragement was so high, he never sold it. It's still one of his major tools, and he still uses it against God's people today. Discouragement. Today, we're going to talk very simply but very important, about overcoming discouragement. It's one of those words that even speaking the word is kind of discouragement. It it means how it sounds. Uh, but, But understand this, if you get nothing else from this sermon today, is that discouragement comes from below and not from above. That God is encourager. The devil uses discouragement And like that little funny illustration said, if he can get us to be discouraged, then he can get us to do other things. So we're going to fight discouragement. It's interesting. I was on Facebook this morning, and I belong to an Assembly of God lead lead pastors site. And uh, uh, one of the pastors just wrote this morning how discouraged he is and just asking for prayer. And through the months, I've, you know, uh, just heard so many things of churches closing, not, not closing, waiting to open, but, but closing, of ministers leaving uh, their churches. I've, I've seen it so much. This has been a very discouraging time uh, for ministers. And I'm just saying that because that's kind of the world I live in. Other people are discouraged as well. Uh, personally, I, I hate to say it because I don't want to seem like I'm, you know, above anybody at all, but I, I'm as encouraged as ever. Uh, I'm excited. And, but I know that's, you know, the devil works in different ways at different times. I have faced discouragement, believe me, where you just on Monday morning, you want to pack it all in, figure out what else you could do for a living and, and move on. 
but for this particular time, God has just been uh, working in my heart and life. I'm as excited now as I was 21 years ago. I'm probably more excited now than I was 21 years ago uh, when I came to the church. I think God has great things in store for us. I just say all that to say the enemy uses discouragement. He'll use it on me. He'll use it on you. He'll use it on clergy. He'll use it on anybody, on anybody. Now, my pastor friends and this guy who I know in a general way, but not one of my friends, we're, we're probably not tempted to go over to, to uh, Kavanaugh's and get sloppy drunk. That's probably not where the enemy's going to work. That's not a temptation to me. Uh, chicken wings, now chicken wings are a temptation to me, but to fall down and get sloppy drunk is not. So what does the enemy do? He doesn't tempt us with that sort of stuff. He tempts us with discouragement. And he does the same thing in your life. Maybe he can't get you in one area, but he's going to work through discouragement to get into your mind. And so we're going to fight that battle today. Are you ready? We're going to fight that together through God's word because Jesus is always the answer and always has the answers. We've all experienced discouragement. Discouragement is a spiritual battle. Francis Peake said this, a major cause of discouragement is a temporary loss of perspective. A temporary loss of perspective. We lose perspective. So our passage today is from John 16, 28 through 33. John 16, 28 through 33. Jesus says this, I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then Jesus' disciples said, now you're speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Verse 31, you believe at last, exclamation point, Jesus answered. Verse 32, but a time is coming and has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. And then here's our key verse. I have told you these things so that in me you may have do you remember it? Peace. In this world, you will have what? Trouble. <laughs> but take heart, Jesus says. I have overcome the world. Well, let's take a, a look at the setting here. John chapter 12 uh, begins with the, uh, what we call triumphal entry. And that's going to be important. In 13, 14, 15, 16, Jesus is teaching his disciples what he wants them to know. He's talking to them about how he's going to be crucified, how he's going to rise again. He's talking about how he's going to leave them, but he's going to send another comforter, the Holy Spirit, in chapters 14 and 16. Uh, chapter 15 is about remaining in Christ, being attached to the vine. Uh, the end of chapter 16 is the last of this teaching that he's going to share with them before the crucifixion and before the resurrection. He had come into Jerusalem where people were laying down palms, you remember, and shouting, Hosanna, save us. Uh, and I think the disciples were confused, especially when he was arrested. They didn't understand what was going on. And Let me just throw in there what they might have been thinking. I thought victory was coming, but you instead have been arrested and are going to die on the cross. I thought I was going to rule and reign with you. Because you promised that your kingdom was coming, but, but now you're going to die and resurrect, and then you're going to leave us. I, 
I thought Rome was finally going to be defeated and you were going to be the one to defeat it. I thought Jesus was coming as a conqueror to take care of everything that was wrong. What's the key phrase in there? I thought. When we begin to think to ourselves, I thought, I thought, I thought, that opens the door wide open for discouragement. We need the mind of Christ. We need to know what God is thinking and what he is doing. And even when we don't know that we have faith, that we trust in him. The disciples are saying, wait a second, I thought, I thought victory was coming and now you're going to die and now you're going to lose, uh, leave us? Discouragement comes when we do the same thing. I thought it was going to go differently. This is us now. I, I thought this was going to happen, and it never did. I thought this prayer would be answered in a certain way, and it wasn't. I thought this would be healed. I thought my life would be, you see, I thought, I thought, I thought. And the more we think about ourselves and the less perspective we have of the bigger picture of who God is and what he's accomplishing, discouragement comes in. So Jesus was speaking to them. They began to understand things a little bit better. And this is where we'll get our points from in verse 30. Now we can see that you know all things. Number one in overcoming discouragement is that God knows all things. God knows all things. We have a very limited perspective. God sees everything and God knows everything. I like to say this. I don't know but I know who knows, and that's all I need to know. I don't know, but I know who knows, and that's all I need to know. When I was in Bible school, I wrote some great papers on pastoring. I got good grades. That was the only, the ministry and preaching were the only good grades I got in college. That's what got me through. But anyway, uh, I wrote great, I mean, I had pastoring down, it was down to a science. And then I became a pastor. <laughs> I was a youth pastor first, church planter, pastor. And then you realize sometimes what we write down on the paper uh, is not reality. And it's not real, real life. And so I still have questions. God, why and what and all of this. But through the years, you begin to learn. And this is what I want you to learn and catch. I don't know. I don't know why that happened. I don't know why this didn't happen. I don't know why you prayed and God answered different. I, I don't know. But he, he knows. And that's all I need to know. I find great comfort in that and a great tool against discouragement when I understand that God knows what I'm facing. God knows what you're going through. And he knows. And that's all I need to know, that God knows and he cares. They said, Lord, you know all things. And because that is true, number two is we don't have to question God. There's a three-letter word that has condemned more people to hell than any other, and it's spelled W-H-Y. Why? 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 Again, tool of the enemy to bring discouragement. We don't always know why, but God knows why. And so we don't have to question God. We don't have to question him because he knows all things. And if we know him, then we know all that we need to know. Don't let why stand in the way of your eternity. And don't let why stand in the way of the 
abundant life that he wants to give you now. Get this word why out of your mental vocabulary. Why is this? I don't know, and you don't know. And you can spend the rest of your life asking why. I don't want to spend my life like that. I want to spend the rest of my life worshiping the one that knows what I don't know. Do you see how we're taking our minds off of ourselves? I thought, I thought, I thought. Now we're placing our minds on God. He knows. He knows. He's good. He's right. Everything he does is good and right. I trust him even when I don't understand. Only when we get to heaven will we have the clear perspective that we need. Jesus goes on to give them more truth. A time is coming and has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home. But you can still have peace even going through trouble, trials, and tears. And the third point, God wins. God wins. That's the perspective we need to have. I'm not, when I, when I go to the seven uh, events of the end times, it's, it's not going to be just from the book of Revelation, okay? Because I'm going to teach on the book of Revelation again before I retire. So I've got 15 more years or so. So hang in there. One of these years, the Lord will say, teach on Revelation, uh, and I, I will. But I'm going to explain Revelation to you. Do you want to, I'm going to explain it to you? Okay, thanks. I mean, I, I'm just hanging out here. Don't mind me. Jesus wins. You're welcome. I hear all the time, I'm, I'm reading a book of Revelation. I don't understand it. What's to understand? Jesus wins. You're either on his team or you're on the devil's team. You either worship the lamb or you worship the antichrist. There's the book of Revelation. That's all. That's all. In your darkest days, you can still know that God, God wins and that you're going to win because you're on his team. Because by grace, he chose you to be on his team. Do you see how we fight discouragement? This is so simple and yet so important. God knows what I don't know, and that's all I need to know. God is right. We don't have to question him. Whatever he does, it's the right thing. Why did God, I, I, he, he will do the right thing. That's all he can do. And thirdly, God wins. Sometimes when we get discouraged, it leads to depression where we just don't think anything is going right, where everything is falling apart. And it seems like that at times. I get that. I get that. But remember, discouragement comes from below and not from above. Jesus told them, take heart, I have overcome the world. Now where's Jesus? He's in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. His enemies have been made his footstool. All authority has been given to him, therefore go. All authority has been given to him. Now I'm going to rant a little bit. 21 years I've been saying this. Are you ready? Please stop watching so much news. They might as well just call the news channel the discouragement channel. Please. It is ruining you. It's ruining you. You're not an angry person until you watch the news. 
You're not a discouraged, discouraging person until you watch the, the news. You're not a fearful person about what's going to happen in our country and in this world until you watch the, the news. Please, please stop, okay? I watched only five minutes this week. I was getting my coffee and the TV was on and it was like not even the big news, whatever. It took less than five minutes for me to say, I just can't put this into my heart because it just makes me angry and fearful and discouraged because the news gives you their perspective. You, you, you still with me, okay? I want his perspective. I want to see what God's doing. This is why we show you video of missions. That's why we put together missions newsletter. This is why we share testimonies and good things that, you know, God is still working and moving. You've got to please Please stop. All right, that's my rant. But some of you are still going to watch it. I've already been saying it 21 years and you haven't stopped yet. So that's up to you. You choose your poison. You choose your discouragement. Keep watching it. Keep getting discouraged. Keep worrying about the future. Keep getting angry at politics. Can I tell you something that's never changed? Politicians are politicians are politicians. And once you start trusting a politician, whether he's an elephant or a donkey, then you stop trusting the lamb. And the lamb is the one I want to trust. And the lamb is the one I look to because he is victorious and he wins. Amen? Amen. Come on, church. Not just our church, but the church. Set aside temporal things. Look and see who God is. Read the Old Testament. Read the book of Nahum. You have to find it. But once you find it, read it. That's the God that we serve. All right. Three steps to overcoming discouragement. Very simple message, very important message. Number one, do I have a slide for this? No, okay. I had it for my online. I couldn't remember if I gave it, gave it to you. Okay. Well, you have to remember this without the words. Ready? Number one, Jesus knows. You can all, you can remember this. Ready? Do this and then say it with me. Jesus knows. Okay. Number two. Jesus is right. Jesus is right. If you don't, Brother John. All right. I know you're not Italian. You want to be. In your heart, you want to be. I get that. Everybody wants to be. It's difficult. Pastor Rick has even got it. It's part of his salary review, how, how well he does this. He greets me every morning, buongiorno, buongiorno, buongiorno. I greet him with guten morgen, Vigates. Anybody know what that means? Yeah, there you go. Okay, number one, Jesus knows. Number two, Jesus is right. And number three, Jesus wins. And then when we get excited, we go like this. We start here and we go, oh, Jesus wins. That's how you fight the devil. You remind him not of who you are. You remind him of who Jesus is. Not what you've done, what Jesus has done. Not what, you know, he is trying to do in your life, but what he is doing in your life. And fight discouragement. Fight it in the name of Jesus with the word of God, just as Jesus did.
So here's your three points. When you do your podcast, you can use them. One last joke, and I'm going to land this plane, I promise. I called a couple pastor friends of mine. Well, one was, one was Pastor Jim, and they've been working so hard at the building, and it looks magnificent. But I was thinking about him on a Saturday night knowing he does construction 40 hours a week and pastors 40 hours a week and still has to preach on Sunday morning. So I called him on a Saturday night and said, Jim, I've got some sermons for you. At 6 o'clock on a Saturday night, they're 1995. At 11 o'clock on a Saturday night, they're 9995. And I'm starting a new website. It's called Sunday Sermons on SaturdayNight.com. And each hour that you get closer to Sunday morning, uh, Sunday morning prices are ridiculous. It's outrageous. It's too much. But the closer you get, the more it, it goes up. See? All right. Anyway, I don't know what I was thinking there. So, oh, yeah, you can use these three points. Jesus knows, Jesus is right, and Jesus wins. Tony Evans, who I've been reading a lot of his material, I love him, he says this, pro wrestling is staged. Everybody okay? You knew that, right? It's not real? Okay, just checking. I, I hated to throw that out to you. But pro wrestling is staged. Before the wrestlers ever go out, it's been predetermined who will win. The contenders go through the battle for entertainment purposes, but the point of the battle is not to decide who will win, but to give the crowd a good show. The winner of the match does not battle for victory, but he battles from victory. He battles knowing that he's already won. Those who come to Jesus Christ have already won. God allows us to go through our Christian walk, not to win the victory, but to show off to the world that he is in us and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You can have peace. You can have victory over discouragement because Jesus has overcome the world. He knows he's right and he wins. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.